Aloha. This is Emily Thoreau Threat, host of the Grief and Happiness Podcast. Every Friday, I share with you my love notes, giving you a little something to think about as you navigate through your grief journey, finding happiness expanding along your way. And every Tuesday, I post my regular podcast sharing wonderful conversations with people you can relate to and who offer you encouraging ideas and helpful inspiration. I'm so grateful you're joining me and look forward to hearing from you your thoughts. My short podcast for this week is called Guilty. Do you feel guilty related to your grief? Don't be surprised if you do. Just about everyone who grieves also feels guilt related to who died, what caused the death, or the grieving afterwards. No emotion has caused me more pain or amplified my loss more than guilt. Guilt is just part of what we do. If we don't have something to feel guilty about, we're good at creating it. Check out this list and see if any of these examples are something you feel. And there's a good news. You can do something about it. One. The last thing you thought about your loved one was negative and you didn't get a chance to change your thinking. Two, the last thing you said was hurtful or negative and you didn't get a chance to apologize. Three, you didn't insist that your loved one get treatment soon enough. Four, you couldn't seem to do anything about the treatment you thought was wrong or harmful. Five, you didn't visit your loved one often enough or spend enough time with them. Six, you didn't do something you said you would. Seven, you weren't there at the time of the death. You didn't come right away when you were called. Eight, you didn't notice when there was something wrong or you could have done something about it. Nine, you survived your loved one's death. Ten, you were happy and felt relieved about the death. And eleven, you were angry at God. This list is by no means comprehensive. We can experience or make up all kinds of things to feel guilty about. The thing to keep in mind here is that guilt implies an intent to harm. If any action you did or thought you had done was not done with the intention of harming your loved one, then you're not guilty. Guilt implies that you failed at something or did something wrong. And most of the things on the list don't fall into that category. So as you reflect on the guilt that you feel, see if it's about something that isn't bad or wrong at all. If someone told you to not feel guilty, that really doesn't help. I know that when someone tells me how not to feel, I'm most likely to feel whatever they say just that much more. So when someone says something like that, just smile and say, thank you. Then ignore what they said. But sometimes you actually are guilty. And if that's the case, you do need to deal with it. If you really did make a mistake, like someone giving someone the wrong medicine that led to their death, or you were drunk driving and had an accident leaving someone you love to die, those are legitimate reasons for feeling guilty. Getting help from a counselor, a minister, or a grief group is essential in cases like this. Our brains like order. When things are out of order in our lives, we tend to try to create things to get back on track. Consider this when you're looking for things that you're feeling guilty about. When you realize what it is that brings you your guilt, examine that 
and see if realistically there actually was something there that you could have changed, something you could have done differently. In Will Smith's movie, Seven Pounds, he suffered tremendous guilt after using his cell phone while driving led to the death of his wife. The movie is how he dealt with that guilt. When he cho- what he chose was extreme, making it for an interesting movie, but you don't have to be dramatic. You may discover a path to doing something wonderful, like to help you through your feelings and get back in order. Candy Leitner's daughter was killed by a drunk driver. So Candy decided to create something that would prevent others from suffering the way she did. Candy is the founder of Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. What could you do to create, or what you, could you create that would be something positive to focus on? In your memory of the experience that led to your grief, is it true? This may seem like a strange question. You say, of course my experience this was true, but was it? All of it? Really? For instance, when you tell a close friend of your experience, do you say the same thing that you would say to your employer or your mail delivery person or your daughter? Sometimes we shift the focus of the story as we tell the stories. That might be getting things confused. And and so which story that you told was the truth? In creating a variety of stories, you may feel guilty when you realize how different they end up being. The solution for this is to stay in the truth and focus on the positive. Are there things you would have liked to have done before your loved one died? I would have loved to have spent more quality time with my mother before she died. I realized how much I'd missed. I knew more about my grandmother than my mom. If I had to do it over again, I would have gone way back in time and been a better daughter to her. But that couldn't happen, and feeling guilty about that, I couldn't change anything, and that didn't serve me. I had to accept the situation and integrate it into my life, being a better mother, friend, or sister, now all I can, then move on with my life. This leads to all those things that you could have, should have, would have done that didn't happen. Maybe you could have had a standing date each week with your loved one to catch up. Maybe you could have insisted that your mother get her financial affairs in order. Maybe you would have been nicer to your friend had you known he was going to die suddenly. Maybe you could have been a better wife, brother, friend, employee, or whatever roles you played. Think of all you do about all those things now. So speeding through time with them doesn't serve you. So decide now what you can and will do. Then do those things. That will help you release all those old negative thoughts. Perhaps your relationship with your loved one wasn't always rosy and you fall into dwelling on the bad times. Guilt can run wild with telling you that you weren't good enough, that you shouldn't have raised your voice. I went through a period where I kept replaying things Ron said that I didn't like. He would sometimes criticize me in front of others and that drove me crazy. A friend pointed out that this example of what happened to me, and I dwelled on it for a few days. Now, isn't there something that happened at that time that he was generally supportive of me? 
And I know he thought he, what he was doing was being supportive when he would say something like that. I dealt with it by focusing on all the good things in our relationship and realizing that no harm was intended. Then I had to let go. Stewing about things in the past would never change anything or bring me joy. Realizing that allowed me to keep things in perspective and move on. Consider these factors as you explore the guilt that you may feel. One, guilt is normal. Don't let others minimize it. Two, you're not alone. Everybody feels guilt at some time. Three, is the guilt you're feeling the truth? If yes, admit it and deal with it. If not, let it go. Four, are you being rational? You can't control someone else's addiction or mental illness or Alzheimer's or cancer or anything else. Five, think about who you can talk to about your guilt and then talk to whoever it is, a friend, a counselor, a group, minister. Six, forgive yourself. Seven, do something positive to assuage your guilt. Eight, think about what your loved one would say about your guilt. Nine, find something good to dwell on. Ten, what has your guilt taught you? Eleven, make restitution if there's a way to. Twelve, know that you can feel good and bad or happy and sad at the same time. When Ron came home from the hospital the last time, We'd arranged for a hospital bed in a spare room that had a bathroom where it could be easier for the caregivers to take care of him. I'm sure he would have preferred to come home to our bed, but there just wasn't room for all he required and for the caregivers to move around him. I was exhausted, having stayed up with him, helping with his care around the clock for that week in the hospital. After we got him home and settled, I went into our bedroom and just crashed. I couldn't stay awake. That night, I had a dream that he came into the bedroom to wake me up so that we could talk. In the dream, his caregiver was standing in the doorway. The next day, I told him about the dream, and he told me that it wasn't a dream. He just wanted to snuggle with me in our bed one last time. I was devastated. He was never able to return to our room. And I felt guilty about that for a long time. Rationally, I know that I wasn't physically able to change that moment. I stayed by his side for the rest of the week, sleeping on the floor until he died. I think I will always have tears with this memory. I'll bet you feel guilty about something. Something you said or didn't say. Something you did or didn't do. Guilt can be a nasty enemy. You don't need that enemy clinging on to you. Shake it off. Let it go. Do this by forgiving yourself. Say out loud or write it down, I forgive me. I forgive me. I forgive you. I forgive us. Say it or write it as many times as you need to. Know in your heart that your forgiveness is done. It's accepted. It's real. And it feels so much better than that nasty creature to be booted out of your life. Kick it out now. 
Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode 